my gosh, welcome to the Cultured Guitarist. I don't know what episode we're on, but it's a real cool number, 44. All right. Oh, you know, two episodes ago, I should have said something about the universe, life, and everything. I know. I didn't. You, you I blew failed it. me. Anyway, my name is actually Al Al, <laughs> and I'm here <laughs> with Keeping It Crispy Casper, <laughs> and our guest this week is the awesome, a little Al makes everything better, Alec <laughs> B. <laughs> From Mask Audio Electronics. Howdy. Oh, God. <laughs> Actually, Al. Al. <laughs> this is my favorite set of nicknames, by the way. Absolutely brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. How's it going, Alec? Oh, not bad. How are you doing? <laughs> Off the rails immediately. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the best Welcome way to Welcome to going. the Culture Guitarist, my friend. <laughs> I don't know if you had envisioned like coming on the show and stepping out of the gate sounding cool, but now that's oh, the wrong God. show for that. No well, one sounds I, I cool did, on uh, this show. We're all nerds. No, no one sounds cool. Thanks. <laughs> Uh, well, thanks for coming on the show, dude. We're real stoked to have you, man. Hey, thanks for having me. <laughs> so, you, well, oh, you know, I was going to launch it into a thing. I'm going to get, I'm going to forget this part again. It's going to happen. And then I'm once again going to get an angry message from Dan Presencer from More Guitars, who's already critiqued this in two different directions. When we first had Dan on the show. I got in trouble because I forgot the what's been going on this week portion of our episode. And then he messaged me a little while back and he's going, hey, man, it's turned into like 80% of your episode. You got to chill it out a little bit. It's like, I don't know how to please you now, Dan. I just, I'm on the rocks here. That's what I know. Walking on eggshells. Anyway, we love Dan. Mm -hmm. But let's kick into it. Keeping it crispy, Casper. What have you been up to this week, buddy? I got the first chance to play guitar in a week. Sounds awesome. This morning. Alec, <laughs> the nicknames didn't make you mad enough, yeah, so no. I'm going to poke at you a little bit. The nicknames didn't make me mad at all, dude. Those were awesome. Those were really awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So you first chance playing guitar? like Yeah. I've just been crazy busy with work and, and everything else. that, um, And I haven't had a day off in like 11 days, so this is... Today is my only, my only day off to do nothing. I I filled my last day off with a bunch of chores and running around and whatever errands and stuff. So just really busy. Um, but yeah, got a chance to play some music through my pedal board this morning, and dialing in some really really nice tones with my with my acoustic on my board, and it's really really been fun. It was good today. Excellent. That's about it, man. That's about it. Yeah. All right. I mean, I was gonna. There's a couple other things I know that are cool in your guitar world that are happening, but I'm not going to bring them up. Well, come on. Tell me I for, if well, I've forgotten. Something involving our friend at Dr. Scientist. Friends. Friends. Dr. Scientist. Yeah. Yeah. Something cool happening now. You don't want to talk about that? Nah, I don't know if that's important. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. Well, okay. So I'll lay that out. Um, so friend of, of ours. Um, well, you, I don't think the whole thing, but just get to the exciting bit. Okay, fine. Um, I I got another bit quest coming. <laughs> oh, you double bit quested? <laughs> sort of. He he. Uh, 
okay, fine, do the whole so thing. So a, a friend of ours, when we first started the show, um, we were a little light on equipment and uh, loaned us a microphone, you know, a, a Rode NT1A. And so long story short, um, it's been here in the studio for a year and a half. And um, it's like time to either buy the thing or give it back. And uh, so I was talking to to Lowell today or over the last couple of weeks trying to kind of sort out a way because uh, the money situation is a little tight and he gets that. So we did a trade for uh, my BitQuest and uh, it, the NT1A. So now Lowell has a really sweet pedal that he is super stoked to have. And uh, we now have uh, an NT1A for the studio um, and any recording time when we're doing anything other than podcast, that's going to be a really great tool. So that's uh, that's the thing. So I had to, I couldn't just not have a big quest. So I uh, I messaged a good friend over at Doctor Scientist, and uh, yeah, I got another one coming. So this one will be yeah. in in the. But you got a special one coming. Well, yeah, it's the it's the digital cliffs version. This one, whereas my other oh one the was old the, one. Yeah, yeah, my other one was the saucer, and I, I I think out of the two versions of the artwork, I really dig the cliffs. Um, See, I like the saucer more, but I there's the, I like them the, both. The appeal for the cliffs for me is it's like I can't get that anymore. It's yeah, exactly, like it's that, exactly. That. So we get the. I, I think the cliffs are more mysterious. Yeah, that hipster in me just wants it because of that. But. Well, I do have a bright gold uh, elements yeah. that's not available anymore either. The sci-fi door can be though. Mm-hmm. I need, the, I need mm. the UFO. So, so yeah, that's that. Uh, that just happened today, actually. Yeah, excellent, Alec. Man. Tell us about your week. What have you been up to? Ooh, um, mostly cranking through school stuff. Um, generally, I did just so my friend Zach from Malays Forever Customs um, cool. sent me some really cool guy. Love him to death. Um, I, I needed some parts for something I was working on, and I wanted them quicker than I could get them from uh, one of the suppliers. So I put out a call. He had them, so he was nice enough to send me them, um, along with his new pedal, the Vicious Bastard. Oh, nice. So for um, listeners who aren't familiar, the Vicious Bastard is a one-knob fuzz, thick and meaty, but it's got a twist with a a momentary secondary foot switch that just chokes the entire thing out, um, makes it sound really Velcro-y. Just, you know, right at the push of a button. I've just been having fun with that in the few moments I get to play. It does sound fun. I have also recently had the urge to choke something out. (laughs) Sitting across the desk from me. Lovely too, buddy. (laughs) Hey, Al, how's your week going? Uh, My week's going okay. I was hoping to pick up a couple of uh, toys for myself and uh, for some financial reasons i can no longer do that so i'm a little mm. bit heartbroken by that but i will soldier on i have been enjoying messing around with my jazz master and my sg mm. and uh playing pedals with them that uh have played a lot of you know like on my whole pedal board i realized all of my pedals other than the the acoustic i've pretty much only played most of my pedals with my telly because yeah. for a long time I had a broken SG and I didn't have the jazz master. So, uh, and my other SG was uh, in parts. Right. <laughs> and so lately I've, I've all of a sudden I have a, you know, a broad electric guitars, guitar arsenal 
Again. <laughs> that's good I was going to say Guitar Arsenal, but, it, yeah. Guitar Arsenal is a, that's a new great. word. No, that, that sounds fancy. Dibs on the band name. Um, <laughs> Cole Webster. <laughs> so, yeah, now that I have, like, a great guitar with humbuckers and a, and a great guitar with um, Jazzmaster pickups are kind of P90-ish for the most part. Um, it's been fun to kind of revisit the pedal board and, and go through stuff and, and, you know, get to know in a broader sense, these, these pedals all over again. Um, which I hadn't been really doing on my own at home when we've been like reviewing a pedal or something. I've had to do the humbucker test here mm -hmm. because, uh, I just didn't have anything at the time. So. Well, my humbucker guitars aren't phenomenal either. Well, it's they're not like than zero. <laughs> yeah, but they're not your SG though either. No, and you know what? I haven't I, even most. I'm, actually, I shouldn't. Me. I shouldn't say all that because like my Aria is actually pretty, pretty stellar. Yeah, you're, you're the one you just rebuilt. Yeah, yeah, that one's pretty nice. Um, but even like you know, and this is definitely like subjective. But I even most SGs I play, I don't like nearly as much as the one I have. I just, I don't know. There's something. It's got the mojo, man. It's true. And I've heard it from a lot of people that play my SG. Mm -hmm. They really fall in love with that one, even if they're not huge SG fans. So I got lucky. Yeah, I, I would say that even. I've never been a real fan of SGs ever. Yeah. But I like playing yours. Thanks. Yeah, it's a good guitar. It was... Uh, it's actually, I think, that, that guitar and, like, the being able to, like, really like it and, like, just... No, I wouldn't say I fell in love with it. I mean, come on. But... <laughs> but uh, <laughs> But like liking and, and like liking the feel of the neck on your guitar and the way it plays, the way it feels around your neck, it's like a really, it just feels really solid and rich and, and smooth and it's nice. Um, actually made me want to start kind of like looking for that mm -hmm. thing, like that that SG type feeling. So yeah. that's where some of those P90 SGs that I've been throwing around in my in my search have been. <laughs> yeah, started from that. Yeah, yeah, started from that look, from yeah, that feeling. Yeah, you know, man, Gibson had a real magical era that from like the late 80s to the late 2000s not not i would you can you can get right into the minutia of, of just around 2010 and shortly after where they mm. stopped but we'll just say the late 2000s a late 80s to late 2000s where they were really on their game mm -hmm. and cranking out great stuff and so if you got lucky in that era and got the you know those exceptional ones from that time where it's just like in an era of they were already cranking out pretty nice stuff. They're that magical one they cranked out every now and then. They got a really cool guitar. Mm -hmm. It's kind of a kind of a bummer that uh they really slid off the rails lately. But I have a magical one. So mm. that's cool. And I'm enjoying that. And I'm looking forward to getting to mess with a uh, pretty cool pedal sent to us by Mr. Alec. Which he spilled the beans on what it was just before we started recording. Yeah, the yes two knob fuzz, which is oh, so stoked. I'm so stoked. <laughs> Not just one knob, but two. Not just one. And it's got a switch. <laughs> All the best stuff has a switch. No, I'm I'm so thank you for doing that, man. Yeah, I'm, man. I'm really excited. I'm, it was kind of a like a uh, fun torture that <laughs> it was delivered today, but I couldn't get it in my hands. Yeah. Before I came to the studio. <sighs> but hopefully I'll get it in my hands when I go home. Uh, we'll see if my wife was able to pick up the mail or not. So looking forward to that quite a bit. So Yeah, you're going to have to let me know how you get along with it. 
Well, I, you know, I'm gonna take it out for dinner first, and <laughs> I'm sure we'll get along fine after that. I find when you feed people, it's a good footnote to start the friendship on. Mm-hmm. We'll see how it goes. Hope it's a cheap date. It probably doesn't eat much. Nah, just a couple of electrons. <laughs> About nine volts, would you say? Less than 100 milliamps? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that is cheap. It is cheap, yeah. All right. That's almost potato clock levels of cheap. Excellent. Speaking of potatoes, buddy, I'm glad to be recording an episode with you. Not Alec. You're the potato. Oh, Alec's yeah. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right, you let's get into it. Let's 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 get into it. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, the nicknames made you too happy, and I can't have a sentient potato that looks happy. <laughs> so. Jeepers, man. You're really cutting into me today. Got you on the ropes, working the kidneys. Uh, anyway, okay. Alec, man, buddy, pal. Dude. Lord high genius of pedal building. I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> That's uh okay. You we sent you a plaque and it's too late to make. <laughs> yeah. uh, what did I? What, oh, it was pedal? Was it pedal Sherpa? Pedal Sherpa. Yeah, Eric Merrow yeah. got a. Got I a made pedal a joke. Sh- <laughs> <laughs> I made a joke about Eric being our pedal Sherpa up the mountain of tone when we had him on the show. Oh, and then a friend. Yeah, of, I, could, I could. I could dig that. Yep. <laughs> right. And then a friend of his, uh, for his birthday recently, got him a Dundee award, like from the office. <laughs> Like an actual, an actual trophy, trophy a Dundee, <laughs> <laughs> and on the award he wrote "Pedal Sherpa." Yeah, amazing. Oh, I, I love it that. It was epic. I was like, I, I it's totally <laughs> speechless that that actually oh. made it through to that level of cool. Like, I died <laughs> laughing. I'm so happy. Yeah. That, like, oh, if I die tomorrow, so. I that I coined that, and it lives on, and yeah. my life can be complete. I don't want to die tomorrow. Uh, anyway, okay, so Alec. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't really know a whole heap about your background or how you got into this. So like, give us the Spider-Man origin story of Alec and Mask Audio Electronics. How did this happen? I was broke. <laughs> so you got into building okay. pedals. How did that help? Yeah. Welcome yeah. to being a musician, buddy. This is not a. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. No. I mean, the origin story is. Uh, yeah, I was, I was broke in high school. And I was I was well in the pedals before that, um, and I I've there was a website that uh, the guitarist Joe Gore used to run, and he had a tutorial on how to build like a little bass buzz um, on stripboard, and so I did that and it worked, and I was off to the races until things didn't work and I put it down for a few years. Um, and then I was a broke college student. Um, <laughs> Listen, I'm getting the I'm getting, getting a vibe sense. You here. You need to manage yeah. your finances better. <laughs> <laughs> Says the broke musician. Says the broke musician. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I, in the middle of 2015, I was not in a good place mentally, and I needed distractions. And so I picked up a couple pedal kits to get me back going. And that got the juices flowing, and uh, I tried building on strip board again, and I hated it. So um, at that time, I had discovered the work of uh, John Snyder from Electrical Audio, 
Electrical audio experiments. Ooh, that's bad. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Electronic audio experiments. <laughs> um, oh, I'm going to get grilled about that one. Um... It's fine. For, a, for a modest fee, I will edit it out. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have to slip a five-year way for that one. Um, from electronic experiments. And uh, he, he was nice enough to take me under his wing, and he showed me uh, this PCB design program called Eagle and gave me a bunch of tips. And I started making clones of things for myself. Um, until I think it was February 2016. Um, we were going through inventory at my day job and, uh, hours were real low and I realized, oh man, I spent more time working on circuit boards than I did working. I, I have to figure out a way to make money off this because it's consuming my life. <laughs> so I set myself a hard date and said, you have to come up with documentation for all these clones you've been making for yourself. And I started selling them as DIY units. Um, and it wasn't, I, I did that for about a year before I even started like selling built pedals. <laughs> okay. So um, I'm going to just want to interrupt real quick. So you were, you were designing these PCBs at your old job? No. So my day job is I work for um, the home depot. Um, <laughs> you are a classy-sounding place for you working. <laughs> you know that that big orange place. I, um, I work at the big red place. It's fine. Okay. Okay. It's properly pronounced Rem Depot. <laughs> <laughs> That's the French Canadian way of pronouncing. So the wrong way. Oh, oh I'm kidding. All of my French Canadian friends, oh. I'm joking, and they know I'm joking. Kevin LeClerc. Kevin was to say Kevin LeClerc. So <laughs> there goes any sound slice pedals for you, good sir. I doubt that. He is a bigger man than that. You call him fat? No. <laughs> I'm derailing everything. <laughs> yeah. Everything again. I told you, it'd be a hell of an edit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, anyway, sorry. Okay, so you're you're at Home Depot and you're designing pedal boards. Pedal boards pedal PCBs in your free time and your free time is taking up a lot of time. But essentially. Yes. Um, I, I, I don't know how I figured it. Oh yeah. Cause I was working 12 hours one week and I, I spent on one particular layout, like at least half that I'm like, Oh no. Oh no. We, we got to do something about this. <laughs> okay. So, oh man, 12 hours a week. That's, you couldn't make a living off that? <laughs> it was, it was a low point, you know, inventory. <laughs> yeah, wow. Uh, sounds like, uh, yeah, I've, I've been there. <laughs> Retail. Yep. Indeed. Yeah. My, my wife was, uh, up until recently had been working at the same retail job for over a decade. Oof. And, uh, the, they had, a, they hired a new manager. And this dude uh, didn't promote any of the old staff. He hired a, hired new staff when he needed a su uh, shift supervisor, that kind of thing. And then uh, came down to like they, when they were trying to adjust to the COVID nineteen thing and how to, because they got shut down for a couple of months, mm -hmm. and they were trying to adjust like how to 
bring their staff back to work. They wanted to bring them back in waves. And my wife had gone to work at Starbucks as well in the meantime because, you know, we need to survive. Mm, yeah. It's a helpful thing for surviving. Um, <laughs> when they started bringing the employees back in waves, they were like, we need you to commit to at least four days a week that you can work at the store. And she was like, okay, I can do that. I could use that many hours. And they're like, well, we can't, can't promise you that many hours. Like, you're probably only going to get 8 to 12. We need you to commit four days a week to the store. And she was like, so I give up all my shifts at Starbucks to maybe get half these days filled at the retail. Yeah, I'll put my two weeks notice in, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That was the end of that. Yeah, retail retail can be a tough racket. And I'm derailing things again. It's okay. It's the fourth time. And, I don't know. Yeah. I lost count. Yeah, it's probably. I wouldn't bother counting either. Anyway, okay, so continue, Monsieur um, Breslo. Well, God, yeah, because it was about a year before I, I started building things. And uh <sighs> I've, I've been a member of, uh, there's a forum on the internet called I Love Fuzz, and I've been a member of that for probably close to a decade at this point. Met some of my closest online friends through it. Um, and I met Dan from ADD Pedals uh, through I Love Fuzz, and early on he bought a couple projects from me for his stuff. And one day he just messaged me and was like, man, I really like this uh, Dark Brine project, which is a... Uh, clone of the uh, emanating fist black dust. Um, so a, a one knob fuzz, fuzz face type thing. And I'm like, he, he had way more of a following than I did at the time. I'm like, hey, you want to do something together? And he's like, sure. So, so we were getting to talking and Dan has this huge collection of uh, death by audio pedals. And he pulled this one out. That I think I think the only people that own it are him and Trent Reznor. <laughs> it's this huge filter pedal, and he's like, I want to do something like this. So I looked into it, and we basically combined the filter section from it with the dark grime and made this... It, it's literally bigger than most bricks. It, we made this pedal called the Dark Grime Deluxe. <laughs> um, it, it is a not... Not nine. It is a seven-knob fuzz pedal. Whoa. And that okay. was that was the first ever uh, production release from me, which can't can't say I didn't come out the gate swinging. I like it. Yeah, I man. like it, man. Yeah, no, I, it, it was. It's one it thing that's one. like great about big pedals, which are definitely not the trend anymore. But you could really get a little, like imaginative with the box art. Mm. <laughs> oh, absolutely, a very to play with. Yeah, and that's like Dan's specialty is huge pedals that look awesome. Used to take apart uh, scientific equipment and stuff them with pedals. Cool. Yes. Oh, that turns me on so oh, much. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Street sci-fi stuff. That is the best. That is the best. We had uh, Aisha from from Low Sounds on a little while ago. Yes, I have her Atari fuzz sitting in front oh, of me. I'm so, so jealous. Cool. I love her stuff so much. I want one of those so badly. Yeah, man. That that thing she made. It was the reverb with inside of a insulin. Meter yeah. from the eighties or seventies is like what? The thing yeah. is just stellar, just yeah. stellar looking. Oh yeah, Aisha is fantastic. She's I love super her. Cool, yeah. Well, cool. 
So that was the that was the first release, and that was a collab. What was the the first thing you did, kind of pressing forward by yourself? Like, cause you've yeah, you've got so a, you've got a lot of projects on your website. Like, you've got a big cartel site, and I'm looking at this. You got a lot of project boards that you do. But yep. What's the what's the one that kind of you cut your teeth on um, as your own project? Um, the next, that would actually be the next pedal, which that funded, you know, a couple rounds of prototypes. And, uh, I'm a big fan of like Detroit garage rock, especially from like the early five. And... No, more like, uh, like early two thousands. Oh, okay. Um, and so there, there's, there's <laughs> I don't think I've ever that... heard anybody say that. <laughs> <clears throat> oh, you weren't around back then. Come on. Yeah, that's all, that's true. Um, and so the, the, there was a certain sound I was going after. Um, what is the that... Detroit rock? Sorry, I'm interrupting again, but I got it. What is the Detroit rock sound of the early 2000s? Uh, let's go with like anything with a gold foil, maybe a cheap airline um, into a big muff into a silver tone. Ah, so the white <clears throat> stripes kind of thing. Yeah, those are the white stripes. Yep. I, I cannot legally say the name of that band. <laughs> yeah. I'll gotcha. get to that here in a second. Detroit that... Garage Rock. Got it. Carry okay. on. Makes we sense now. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll get to that here in a second. Yes. Um, exciting. So I very quickly, so I'm a big fan. Um, I put together basically the two circuits that comprise um, – that formerly Detroit-based, now Nashville-based guitarist. Um, <laughs> I put them both in one box and pretty much nailed it off the bat. I didn't have to do very much adjusting. It, it just nailed that sound immediately. And I put it in a box and called it Black Math and put it out into the world. All but, right. Okay. <laughs> so I, I sold the first 10 of them. And I get a message through Reverb of all places. Keep in mind, I've had a website for at this point for almost three years when I got this message through Reverb from basically a bigwig, uh, Stacy Foss, who represents a whole bunch of Warner uh, companies. She's like, uh, yeah, we're sending you a cease and desist. I'm like, yeah, could have sent me that before I started making more. So I, it turned into a whole thing. I, I didn't carry any stock for a couple months and I looked oh, into it. I'm oh, like, no, you know what? Screw it. Because there's there, we, me and my parents looked into it and we're like, yeah, there's so many other things named black math. So we removed any mention of a uh, certain third man and his bands. <laughs> um, and I haven't had any issues since. <laughs> okay. I love it. Uh, that's great. I, I also was the recipient of a cease and desist letter a few years ago. That was a good one. That I also promptly uh, ignored. <laughs> Put in the bin. Yeah. <laughs> oh, do, do you have yours framed? No, I kind of wish it, I, it was an it wasn't. It wasn't from a super cool person. No, it wasn't from someone <laughs> yeah. like that. Oh, I, I just printed out the, the screenshot. And I have it sitting, sitting in a frame in my shop. I should, do, I should see if I can get that email. Uh, so my... my the, art, the artist name I tour under is Origami Army. Mm -hmm. And uh, sometime after I started using and, and touring the, under that name, uh, another group started using it in the Washington, D.C. area. Oh, I thought it was Washington State. Uh, no. Oh, it was D.C. Uh, Washington, D.C. Yeah. And uh, 
<laughs> they uh, they were they were not at all sounding like me, which you know, and that has nothing to do here. There's like some kind of emo y pop punky type uh, thing, and I was uh, you know doing the sad folk singer <laughs> kind of uh, tour. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of them, and I th- I don't think it was even written by a lawyer. Because there was some spelling mistakes and <laughs> and that kind of thing, but they sent me a cease and desist letter uh, saying that uh, I was infringing on their rightful name. And I went, "Well, you're in Washington D.C. I'm in Canada. I've been using this for a year and a half longer than you, and I'm not even going to respond. I'm just going to keep on going." Yeah. So sounds about right. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what they thought or which they even you know had a band meeting about it or what happened there but i never heard from them again and uh a few years later one of them put out some more music under that name to which i promptly responded uh hi i have a history of uh, copyrighted music under that name so <laughs> i would appreciate it if you stopped using my copyrighted name <laughs> Ding! yeah that's funny <laughs> i haven't heard a response <laughs> so okay so <laughs> What were we talking about? The, hmm, pedal. We were talking about Detroit, uh, Detroit rock bands attempting to sue indie pedal makers or something. Yeah, or Warner oh, Music <laughs> threatening to. Um, so that was the uh, that was the story of the name Black Math and no references to anyone who may or may not have also used those words, um, and the sound thereof. So that was the second pedal. Yeah, and then I, 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 after that, I got into the whole saga that has become yes and no. <laughs> I really love the name of these pedals, man. Yeah, so good. It's Thank so you. good. <laughs> it's like... I, 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 I still feel they're a dumb name, but I'm sticking to them. No, 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 no. They're genius. Absolutely, they are absolute yeah. genius. Absolute this genius. Is, is I good. can't even tell you why. They just are. It's just you, you. <laughs> It doesn't matter what it is. It's like Al sees the Lorne Audio Spitfire. He has no idea what it does, but he's like, I need it because look at it. it. And it's like, that's one of these things. It it, it just, it is a huge benefit <laughs> that they're they're amazing sounding. And it, yeah, no, you you nailed it, dude. <laughs> yeah, no, but my, my initial thought behind having it. You don't push it. <laughs> I just right, think exactly. it's fantastic. Hey man, I, mean, I just uh, I would just have them side by side. <laughs> yeah, I think you'd have to. Right? You'd have to. Yeah. If you if you had both, they would have to be side by side on your board. Of course, in the middle, yeah. at the front. <laughs> yes and no. Yes no. Yes no. No. Yeah. Great. Fantastic marketing. Carry on. Continue. Sorry. <laughs> um. So I'm a huge, like a gigantic fan of Debbie Ever pedals. Hence me being on I Love Fuzz for so many years, because that I Love Fuzz actually started as the Debbie Ever forms way back in the day. I think that was, that, that might have been 2000, even. Um, I'm probably way off base and someone's going to email me. <laughs> I, can, I can feel it now. Um, don't, but, don't email him and don't harass him. No, send your hate mail. Okay, Go to his Instagram. Al, make them public comments on his Instagram. <laughs> Our Al will collect all of his hate mail. <laughs> yeah, the Senatel. There we go. I do. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, carry on. 
And so I've I, I've taken a lot. I've owned a ton of those pedals over the years, and I've taken a lot of circuit design influence from them because they're really they're stupid simple pedals, um, mainly based. They're they're ripped apart from an even earlier site from internet lore, the uh, team Tim Escondido, maybe Escondido archive um where this guy just posted a whole bunch of circuit scraps on the internet and she ripped off a lot of those and turned them into things like the sodomizer and hyperion um some of my favorite circuits and after black math had a decent amount of success i looked around and it's like no one's trying to do that because the other thing about debbie ever pedals were they were cheap like, back when I was a broke high schooler, I, I still had two or three of them because they were like a hundred bucks. Okay. So. That's awesome. Oh, my God. Oh, go ahead. Nope. I know you want to. Oh, and I told you not to play with that thing. I know you did. I, I don't It actually registered on the microphone, the sword handle falling and hitting Al in the face. <laughs> <laughs> I heard it go, and then watched his face ring. <laughs> Uh, that was magnificent. Okay, so I got this habit. I, I can't, I don't know why. You're a fidgeter, it's dude. It's been something I've done all my life, but when I have yep. something that's long, I try and balance it on the end of my fingers. Like if I have a broom handle, mm. I don't know why. Hammers, You, you picked whatever. the wrong end of that. And the heavy yeah, end so this, just This toy plastic face. sword, I but I didn't like the sensation of having the handle in my hand. So I was holding it by the, the blade end of this plastic sword. Yep. And I liked the way that it wobbled. When I tried to balance it, and yeah, I kind of I hit myself in the face. Shut up. <laughs> I'm gonna <laughs> emphasize it really well. I'm gonna just turn the compression up so that yeah, that just comes make sure like every that listener flat, knows hard that little, like, sound of the thing. Yeah, okay, that's, in the face. that's great radio right there. Thank you, Casper. You're welcome. So, <clears throat> <laughs> this episode is pure bonkers. bananas. Yep, There's totally nothing. Bonkers. It has got no flow. It's just one idiotic moment from me to the next idiotic moment, and I keep interrupting Alec. One hundred percent non sequitur. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> okay, I'm sorry. I interrupted you again. <laughs> that one was okay. No, that's that's why I'm sitting here. <laughs> now instead of uh, yelling at no one in my car, I can actually just yell at you. That's perfect. <laughs> You seem to want to yell a lot. Do you want to talk yeah, about that, yeah. too, buddy? Are you doing all right? We, we've got a couch. You can lay back and have oh, a conversation. Yeah this, oh, yeah, this feels nice. Well, he's not on the couch. He's in his closet. <laughs> That's true. That is true. You're giving away my secrets. <laughs> You're you not the first musician to record under your closet, sir. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we've all done it. It's a tradition. So we it's go. We're going to hard fork back to... <laughs> what we were talking about <laughs> as opposed to yeah, soft that, that forking? as opposed to like meandering back into what we were talking about it's like okay there, there's no meandering yeah no there. no meander <laughs> let's head right back into so debbie ever pedals uh went through a bunch of that catalog go yeah so yeah back in the day debbie ever pedals were super cheap that even when i was broke they were still like 100 bucks and i love them um i looked around it's like no one's making, like, a beginner boutique pedal these days. And so, No started off more as a, uh, almost an economics equation than a, uh, like, an actual pedal I could make of, I, I knew the name would be No, 
and I knew it had to cost a hundred bucks, and I had to figure out how to make money off that. <laughs> so it, it was a long time of sitting there, basically circuit optimizing, um, where I think no is eight unique parts, maybe nine. Okay, so total. It's, yeah. Unique part. I think it's 13 parts total. Oh, it's, wow. It's, wow. When, when you open it up, you, you look, it's like, wait, shouldn't there be more in there? It sounds too big. Like this is including I pots and everything? Or are we talking times. about just the, just the PCB map? Like just on the PCB there are? Just the PCB. Okay. Okay. But fuzz pedals, fuzz, blah, blah, blah. a lot of fuzz pedals, you open them up and it's just like, huh. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Like, the fuzz, the classic is the fuzz face, that yeah. big round enclosure that was inspired by round mic bottom stand bottoms. You open that thing up, it's just like there, that's it. Yeah, <laughs> shouldn't there be like admire the nice wiring? Yeah, <laughs> which is six inches long because it's a huge pedal. Absolutely. Yeah, that's cool. I like that. Okay, so thirteen unique parts. You made the no. Yeah, and I so it ended up being this really gnarly octave fuzz, um, which I I, I don't know. I've always had a soft spot for octave fuzzes, especially I listen to a lot of Nine Inch Nails, and he, the way Trent Reznor uses octave pedals and just garbles them, especially running them direct into a console, um just sounds amazing to me. It really just pushes my buttons. Um, <laughs> or turns your knobs to a oh! and one switch. <laughs> it does both those things. <laughs> um, but yeah, from, from there, I had to hit my other fuzz love, which is gated fuzz. Um, so from almost the same part set, I made yes. Um Still, two knobs, one switch. So they are. Sorry, go on. They are a pair. Mm. Yes. Yeah, they, no. they are designed as a pair, and I've been working on um, getting them both, basically making my version of the shoegazer, um, and getting them both yes and no in one box. That and it's gonna cool. Be, you have, it's gonna be maybe with you, a question mark. Oh, that's that's good. I was gonna like suggest the the like calling it the like yeah no or the maybe or because. I mean, just think of how many times, even in this conversation, we've all been like, yeah, no, I, or no, yeah, because that's just a very North American thing. We say, somebody asks us a question, we go, yeah, no, I get it. <laughs> I'm not sure if it's a North American thing. Here in the States, it's very much a Midwest thing. It's a very Canadian thing. Yeah, very Cross country. Interesting. Yeah. We say, yeah. yeah, no, all the time. In fact, it frequently comes up on like lists of things Canadians do, mm -hmm. but I've heard lots of Americans do it. Interesting, yeah, because because down here it's it's specific, or at least it's claimed by the Midwest. No, <laughs> interesting. One of those things. That, we invented ice cream. No, we <laughs> invented ice. Cream. Awesome. So the yes, that is a, a gated fuzz. The no yeah. is an octave fuzz. Yep. And the maybe, and both together and the maybe is, is the both. See yeah, now, that's, that's the, this is the question I would. I'm just trying to like map out in my mind where I would put them. It would be <laughs> yes before no or no before yes. Gated fuzz would sound great if you had it after the octave fuzz because then it would take any of that extra noise and clean it up a little bit, possibly. 
You or, think yeah, Fuzz and Fuzz is not really known for cleaning it up a little bit, I don't think. Well, this is what I'm saying. <laughs> the gate, I mean, uh, yeah, gated Fuzz is great, man. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> just just, just step on my dreams, Al. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so people were encouraging me to throw in a order switch, which I decided yeah. to ignore because that's not, not my thing. That's not what Debbie ever did. So it is actually... Oh, uh, no. Yes. Yeah. Oh, no. It, oh. It's going to be this is I designed it because there's I'm throwing in some extra switches to get some more options out of it. And one of the switches only works if you run uh, no and yes. OK. Fair oh. enough. Well, that leaves room for the yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's just the two pedals, but you switch the order. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. 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 <laughs> No, I'm just going to make one that shrug. It's going to be the shrug emoji. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, oh, man. You just, you know what you made me realize here, Alec, is, is that is coming down the pipeline. Sooner or later, somebody out there is going to release a whole line of pedals. They're not, not naming emojis. any of them. Yep. It's just going to have emojis on the top. Oh, absolutely. And then they'll get a cease and desist letter from Sony. <laughs> really? No, you just the you just got to move it all of them. Oh, right. Because they'll be. I didn't know yeah. that Sony did that movie. I don't even think I've seen that movie. No one saw that movie. It my was a terrible all, idea. My, my kids all saw it. It was terrible. <laughs> I couldn't bring myself. I haven't seen it because I, I just couldn't bring myself to like. Even my nieces and nephews, all they were all really little when it came out. Uh, they, yeah. Well, they're still pretty little, most of them. But uh, even they were just like. Mm. <laughs> like when little kids are shrugging at your animated movie. Mm. Yeah, it's time to maybe think about that. Yeah. Well. Sounds like a problem for the people who uh, wanted to make money off the Emoji movie, which is not Al. So. No. It's a nice way of saying it's not my problem. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so. Damn. What's the, what's the, what's the possible ETA on the maybe? Um... I have to get through Park Garden production, so I'm I'm hoping oh. it will be December. Cool. I'm, I'm, so I'm hoping. That's a great segue into the Park Garden. <laughs> <laughs> We're nailing these segues. Yeah, man. We are great yeah. podcast hosts. Yeah, you can see the wonderful <laughs> art by uh, Taylor Adams. Oh, nice. Big shout. Taylor Adams. Big shout. Yeah, I love him. He also uh, does art for another pedal company, Deep Space Devices. Cool. Nice. Yeah. If you ever want a hoon and a hollering podcast, uh, get uh, both of them on. <laughs> I, you know, I, well, okay. Now I have my eyes set on both of them, but, but I definitely had my eyes set on uh, Deep Space for, yeah. You know, yeah. Amongst numerous other people. Yeah. Uh, Clint and Taylor are, oh, God. The, the two together are, it's almost a comedy show. Okay. All right, noted. So try and get Clint and Taylor at the same time. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so walk us through then the park garden. Uh, Take us on a walk through your garden. Aw. Garden full of parts. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, God, where does it start with that? I met Ian Pritchard, who, uh, God, I think I have to explain who Ian Pritchard is. Mr. Ian collector Pritchard. Emitter. Collector Emitter, yeah. Mr. Collector Emitter. That's right. Um, I met him 
through a friend of a friend. Right when he started doing demos, I, I think I saw his second demo ever, uh, the Dunn EAE Laggard. Um, and I was just, he blew me away because I had never, I don't know. I, I've watched the the medium of pedal demos ter, uh, mature, and we've gone from the Andy demo, which is still, to me, the gold standard. Um, but now there's more people that actually play like I do, and he was one of the first people I saw other than, well, I don't think anyone plays like knobs, but we live in a post knobs world. <laughs> <laughs> I okay. I love and don't love the knobs demos. I love them because I feel like I'm watching Wes Anderson do a pedal demo. But I gotta be honest. Sometimes I fall asleep <laughs> just to them because they're very dry, very calmy kind of yeah. ASMR. Yeah. And I, I'm usually watching, when I'm watching pedal demos, I'm usually like, it's late at night and I'm alone and I'm kind of laying down with headphones on or something. So a knobs demo for me is just like, oh, this is cool, man. <laughs> and I'm gone. Yeah. No. Uh, a collector emitter demo won't do that for you, especially because all the fuzz demos he does. Um, but yeah, so I met Ian through Friends of Friends. And uh, initially, I don't know, I, I saw he, he posted on Facebook that he was breadboarding something. I'm like, hey, if you ever want to convert that over to a PCB, um, let me know. And so we kind of got talking, ball rolling, and eventually turned into, what would a collector emitter pedal be? And it would be multiple fuzzes in a row. And so instead of um, stacking fuzz, having a multiple foot switches, um, we took influence from the Electroharmonics Double Muff, um, which isn't a big muff. It's actually uh, more of an overdrive, but it allows you to... It's two of the exact same circuit, just constantly running into each other. And so we experimented with that same concept of multiple smaller game stages just fixed running into each other uh and we tried out the, the first thing we did was two harmonic percolators running into each other which sounded amazing um but you could probably hear the noise all the way from uh where you guys are <laughs> yeah, i bet it, it, was that it, tuesday it could... yeah <laughs> alec test and pedals again damn it um yeah, it was it was a mess of just picking up radio and hiss, and it took it took a long time. I it was in R and D sending prototypes back and forth for about a year until we finally said, "This is what we want to do." We 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 had the noise floor down because it still got a bit of harmonic percolator DNA in it, so the noise was unavoidable. But we got it down where it could do that kind of harsher choppy percolator thing but also fit with ian's playing style where it's a lot of alternate tunings and big chord voices so it had the still be able to hear all the complexity of that mm -hmm. while still being very harsh um or at least harsh to my taste i i 
I look at it and I, it might be the most calm pedal in my lineup. <laughs> you must be friends with uh, Nick from Dirty Haggard Audio. <laughs> Me and Nick talk all the time. Yeah. 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 <laughs> His pedal lineup's like that too. Where it's just like this insane pedal and he's just like this is kind of more on the clean spectrum of my <laughs> yeah oh yeah absolutely. all right doom slayer geez <laughs> he's one of the guys i have to go to um whenever i'm having noise issues because he he knows how to yeah he's uh, a he's a gate guy he's he all about a, those noise gates yeah. he does a really good job of that yeah he does he does a good job of that and also ferrite beads everywhere <laughs> <laughs> I totally know what that is. Oh, uh, let's let's get this is this is the nerd portion of the culture guitar <laughs> podcast. Oh boy! Oh boy! Oh boy. Uh, bead is basically um, compressed metal oxide that helps uh, reduce radio interference in electronics. Okay. Application. <laughs> Can I Application. play Angry Birds on it? <laughs> you cannot, but if you have a very noisy pedal that's picking up AM radio, you throw a couple ferrite beads in there, it just disappears. Interesting. Neat. Now you've learned. <laughs> Can I put ferrite beads in my telecast? Yes. Okay. You, yeah, you could, actually. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Sweet. Run on from the output of your volume to your... Uh, Aha! Yeah. So it's 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 wired in, then it's not floating around in the pedal. Yeah, <laughs> certainly not. It's not like, a, like a magic voodoo magnet. You just put it in the back <laughs> of the pedal. Voila, voila. Kicking around here, kicking around. Why does this pedal rattle? Yeah, why does it do make that noise when we I? We wanted it? to make it quiet for you. <laughs> Duh. Ah, Jack's magic beans. I like it. Why can't they be? Herbert's magic beans. Because or Herbert didn't grow a magic bean stalk. Why are you got to put limits on Herbert? <laughs> wow. <laughs> and I can, just, I can hear it. I can hear everybody just like, I, I don't know how to. Yeah. What? <laughs> I don't know how to continue this in a podcasty way. Great. I'm sorry. No, <laughs> no, it's really okay. Again. Everyone who is an avid listener is used to it by now. <laughs> Before we started the show, and I was like, I was the guy who was like, what I really want, it's very important, is we want to have that natural conversational flow. Because there's nothing worse on a podcast than awkward conversation pauses. And, and now here and, I am. And you get it. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, no. Before the show, I'm like, Casper, you're going to have a big job editing this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's all right. Um, so, you have other offerings uh, on your page as well. Um, Namely about 30 different circuits. So, yeah, so you got lots of different circuits, but there's also the, the Titan pedal is on here as well. The Titan, yeah, that was kind of my quarantine sanity project. Cool. <laughs> um. So I see it didn't my... really work that good, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can't talk any screws that may have been loose before the right. pandemic. Right, right. This is this is keeping the ones just that are left intact. <laughs> cool. So Titan started off as actually a DIY project of, um, it's a stripped down Big Muff. Um, I wanted to make a, a single knob Big Muff. And that's what the DIY project is. 
Um, and so when quarantine started, I was already kicking around the idea of making a production version of it. And I kind of used that as an excuse to um, learn how to do surface mount routing. Um, so instead of, if you have a Titan and open it up, um, instead of all the components actually being passed through the board, uh, they're all soldered on top of the board and placed by machines. Cool. Which uh, saves me a ton of time. Skynet building fuzz pedals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean... We actually know lots of people that build surface mount pedals. So I yeah, don't, it's, I don't it's, think it's it's not. It used to maybe come across as a bit of like voodoo magic, and you know nobody was buying into it. But I actually think that because the tolerances can be so much tighter in most surface mount components, that you actually get a more refined version of what you're trying to build and a more consistent. Absolutely, and a much lower noise floor because right. you don't have all these bigger gaps to go in between. Right. That's and the, I, I dig it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I feel there used to be much more stigma around surface mount. And now a lot of us, a, a lot of these single person companies, including myself are looking at it and trying to figure out how to incorporate it into our lineup. That way we could just not spend all of our lives at a desk soldering components I, you know i think it's like trends have shifted like mm -hmm. the the dominance of the indie pedal builder market nowadays has really done away with a lot of not completely because they're going to persist for forever but done away with a lot of the uh silly things from the from the past that really don't matter like i remember you know up until it hasn't even been that long actually it's been very recently that people have not cared whether a pedal has the ability to take batteries or not and there was an era where forever if your pedal couldn't take a battery people were just like oh then they got to worry about six different power outlets power and supply warts and, oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah i i was repairing a pedal for a friend and uh i i posted a video of the guts to my instagram story and someone responded with What's that piece of foam doing in there? I'm like, that's for the battery. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so that's, yeah. that's just one of those things that, like, forever was just, like, a, a deal breaker for people. Like, I can't power it via, via 9 volt. It's like, oh, why would you want? Like, I just, I never got into that. No. I was never the dude who cared about the uh, the choked 9 volt sound either, but. Um, it's big for some people. It is big for some people. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm still in this. But I mean, power supply any, any power punt, supply right? worth its beans for the most part. There's a few that don't, like my Zuma. For um, point in case. Uh, well, I think that might be an option to switch it. Nope. I don't remember. Um, but most power supply companies make a, a outlet on it that you can, you know, dial dial the power back and it'll yep. starve your yep. pedal if you're using one of those types of fuzz circuits. But that was a big thing. Um, buffers. That was controversial for forever, um, whether a pedal had a buffer built in or not, or was true bypass or not, digital versus analog, all that stuff was just like, yeah. everybody was split into these two camps for forever. And I think now we're into an era where people don't really care so much. I, I would say yeah, they, they, they wouldn't cool not buy because something was surface mount. If it sounds great, that's what they want. You know, we want audio 
we want our sound to be what we want. We don't give a crap how you get it. So, I mean, I've got a plethora of stuff on my board and like there is, there's turret board circuits there. There are surface mount, high DSP processing power there. And there's some really simple analog stuff there. They all sound good and I like them. And he knows how to use none of it. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, shut up, Al. <laughs> you mean to me. Um, but that's the point is if it does the thing you want it to do, then get it. Then that's the thing you want. And and it doesn't if, – if you can achieve that with uh, simplicity um, – of of doing surface mount and and the consistency from from board to board to board, man, why wouldn't you? If you know if it's if it's how you achieve it, then achieve it. Oh, absolutely, and also uh, way faster repairs because you don't have to take a whole pedal apart; you just have to screw off the back. Yeah, there's a benefit to that. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Now, now you do you do need magnifying glasses to see something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So back to that, we had a, a an opportunity to actually be in the production space of Ryan at Doctor Scientist Sound. Oh, that and, sounds amazing! Oh yeah, it was it, it was, was like pretty rad. It was pretty magical. Yeah. And there are microscopes and solder stations and like for all the surface mount stuff that they do, and it was pretty cool to like kind of get a, a little peek into the magic that yeah, goes that into that dude stuff. Has a pedal collection that. <sighs> rivals the best like yeah i don't know if he's at jhs josh levels but he's a close second i would it's say pretty wild yeah and he's got everything I, I, it's everything. i was about to say doesn't he have like a room dedicated to his pedal oh collection? It's, it's outgrown any one yeah, room yeah. <laughs> like, so when we were there and it's it's way bigger now way bigger now. yeah but when we were there he had so his basement is quite long and yeah. that's kind of what his that's the workshop Mm-hmm. And he had the longest wall in that space covered, yep, completely covered in pedals. And that wasn't enough room. No, <laughs> around they the were corner, everywhere. There was another small room that was just, it looked like somebody unloaded a small truck of a heap, just a heap of yep. pedals. And then along another wall was another. Well, and then there are like, there's a row of amplifiers and stuff, and there it's all <laughs> uh, like laid across yeah. the top of all these amps and stuff. It, and was, it was it insane. was crazy. and that was none of yeah. the Doctor Scientist pedals. Nope. This was all just his collection. Yep, it was cool, very cool. <laughs> it was one of those rooms. Where it was like, can I sleep here for a week? <laughs> you wouldn't even get to chip, like try out ten percent of them. I know. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. Yeah, no, he, and he's super nice. You you should con if I don't have you talked to Ryan yet. Um, I talked to Ryan back in the old Isle of Fuzz days, but I, I haven't talked to him in a year or two. Oh, you should fire him a message. Yeah, man. fire him he, a message. He if... would love to talk. Any, any pedal builder in the world is his friend. Yep. That's He just loves guys that are doing the stuff. And yeah, you should reach out. Cool. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's been doing it for a long time as well. He, he remembers the days when you used to have to acid etch your circuit boards in your bathtub. That's, yeah. <laughs> he was doing DIY PCBs. Like like bathtub or what do you call them kitchen sink PCBs? Yeah, uh, back in the day, like oh man, I couldn't. I remember taking a class in grade eight about uh, acid etching PCBs uh, when I still lived in Vancouver. Oh wow! And uh, then I moved to uh, Alberta Te- Tech Center, <laughs> Tech Center of the Universe, <laughs> Alberta. <laughs> 
then we had uh, a livestock class. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that makes more sense. <laughs> Alberta, oh man. High school in Alberta was a fun experience. I can imagine. Like, I I mean, it wouldn't have suited me, and I, I don't think I would have gone anywhere with it. But I thought, I don't know, I always thought it'd be cool when I was younger to do hair. Like, I thought it'd be cool to be a barber. Like a barber? Okay. To okay. cut hair, but like have a little more of a style background and do that kind of stuff. I don't know why. I just was, I thought it was interesting. So I tried to sign up for my high school's cosmetology program. Because, you know, I was yeah. like, yeah, you, that would be how you went about that, it. That's I how you assume. do it. <laughs> and they said, no. What? <laughs> they turned me, they're like, no, you can't take that class. You're a boy. <laughs> oh, like, what? Wow. <laughs> and, I, and at the time, 15-year-old me was like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't until, like, I was I probably until I graduated that I was like, what the? No. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you care if I like, Yeah. Welcome to Alberta. Yeah, it was a very yeah. <laughs> I don't think they would do that now, but no, probably not. It was it was de- Alberta in the nineties. Was uh, well, you know, it was Alberta in the nineties. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyways, I was about to say real real relevant to my uh, Midwestern education. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if uh, Alberta and Detroit have a lot of uh, comparable. <clears throat> Comparable. Wait, are you in Detroit? Uh, I'm outside of Detroit. Okay. Yeah, um, well, well, like any, anyone that says, like, half the people who ever say they're from Detroit are actually live outside the city. I get that. I, when I say I lived in Vancouver, I lived in a city called Richmond. But if you don't, if you're yeah. not from around the area, you're like, where? Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I, I live in Clinton Township, but no one knows where yeah, that is. Yeah, same deal. So, well, Richmond is one bridge over a river from Vancouver. Yeah. Like, yeah. Shut up and stay You live in Vancouver. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot easier. We were talking about pedals at one point, weren't we? <laughs> <laughs> I think we, we diverted at the Titan. <laughs> I don't even know anymore, man. Yeah. I don't even know. I don't even know what I'm doing here. Who am I? So that's Why am I wearing pants? <laughs> so the the Titan started as a DIY project as a one knob fuzz. This uh this this fuzz has two two knobs. Has two knobs, yeah, because and a I, switch. And a switch, yeah. I wanted it to fit the <laughs> the same kind of layout as uh tight as uh not Titan as yes and no uh, right. with the two knob one switch layout because it's really easy for me to drill. So I I. I Actually, that was most of the development process was figuring out how to make the gain knob sound good because big muffs really have the problem of they sound good at the extremes, but it, if you turn the gain knob somewhere in the middle, it just it doesn't do anything for you. Yeah. And so I, I spent a lot of time voicing how, how the gain was how the eh, how the gain knob was working. Where it would actually be usable across the whole sweep. I I appreciate that, because mm-hmm. a lot of fuzz pedals that I've played, it's like you got it. It really just comes down to like, oh, this has one thing that it's really great at, and I feel like anytime I turn the knobs away from that one thing, it's just bad. Or it's, I wouldn't say bad, but it just doesn't fit. Well, to, that's I'm just saying, uh, yeah, I'll yeah. just this is my I personal. 
yeah. thoughts. You know, and I'm not saying all fuzz pedals, but I'll let you have it this time. I'll let <laughs> have a thank you for allowing me my own opinions. <laughs> just this once. <laughs> uh, but just yeah, there's some some fuzz pedals where it's just you know, it's like you got to dime it, and it just does this one thing, and it does that yeah. real great. Or whatever, whatever that thing is. It's like it has a sound, and that's what you're buying it for. Um, but I always appreciate when you can kind of, you know, there's a lot of sounds on tap, and yeah. you can really sculpt a thing. Yeah, I, I, I've been saying to my friends, Titan will be, Titan with uh, the gain knob about, let's say 11 o'clock, is the best, is the closest to an overdrive I will ever make. <laughs> and it just, it just nails it. Okay, well, so like Um, I I won't go down on record saying I won't make an overdrive. <laughs> if I look at, because I I I also collect pedals, and I own near I think it's forty fuzz pedals, not a single overdrive, maybe a handful of distortions, but fuzz is my thing. Okay. <laughs> Then you definitely need to message Ryan. Yeah, Ryan. <laughs> Ryan loves that fuzz. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I, I gotta be honest, man. I'm I love a great overdrive pedal. So I can't mm. imagine a world like if I knew how to make pedals, that would be like I'd yeah. be all over that. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. So I, I'm really influenced by uh, my my main amps are two trainer ts 20s um okay solid and state. That's solid state yes i love those trainer ts series are if you for some reason don't like solid state you're wrong <laughs> I, I, you're wrong no, but you, you. we said it on record on the show before like we, totally we're pretty big fans of Solid stadiums, not all of them, but <laughs> yeah, there yeah, are. There, 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 are... There, there are certainly bad ones, but yeah. uh, that trainer TS series um, is really what converted me and opened my eyes to really good solid state amps. That series gets a lot of. Uh, there's a lot of. It's kind of one of those cult following series. I know. Uh, um, Florian from Millimetric is a big fan mm -hmm. of them. He's got one that he rehoused all sexy like as he has one of the same amps i have and i i almost every day i'm just like i really should just bite the bullet with the international shipping and just send it to him make it look pretty but also that'd be a lot of money <laughs> mm. yeah and i mean if you're like a detroit i mean when the borders open you could just pop over into hamilton and ship okay. it from a canadian post but office but also he's got a 3 year wait list on his guitars yeah. so yeah, I don't think I unfortunately don't think he's uh, doing much else. I yeah, just yeah. you might you can send him your amp, but you might want to buy a second one to play first. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I already have two. Oh, there you go. <laughs> send him one and uh, wait five years, and uh, maybe I don't know. I don't think he's <laughs> looking to take that on. Nah, but probably that not. hit the rehousing he did looks mint. Oh, yeah, man, it looks so good. It was one of those one of those things that was just like somebody needs to make that as a product. Oh my gosh! Oh yeah, Florian's entire aesthetic is incredible. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of of Florian and Ryan mm -hmm. of Clark from Doctor Scientist, when we were there, I was I he has a millimetric, mm -hmm. um, an MSG three, I think is the model. And, the one uh, with the MGS three. Sorry, what was that? 
The one with the offset body? It's a single cut style. Single cut, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I was like, holy crap, you have a millimetric. I love these things. I've been following them for a long time. I can never see them anywhere. And uh, he insisted. <laughs> like It was like yeah. forced me <laughs> it was kind of forced <laughs> like because i was like he's like yeah take it home play it for a while i was like no i am not taking this very expensive guitar person i just met <laughs> like, <laughs> well I, I hadn't just i'd no, met him one time before but but it's it was, like, like yeah i'll take it home is, no really no i mean it i'll go find I a case this, i can't afford to replace it yeah it was funny but no he he insisted that i take it and uh so i had it for a month, a month and a half yeah yeah I felt very fortunate to be able to play it. It was yeah. a hell of a thing. That was a heck of a chance to review a cool guitar that uh, didn't involve a three-year wait list and a huge, oh, yeah. well, not huge custom price, but, you know, custom guitars aren't cheap. Nope. Right. Nope. Yeah, no, my, my friend Adam Wrinkle, um, he lives over in uh, London, Ontario, which actually isn't that far from me. And uh, we have an agreement once the borders lift that... Uh, I get to play his millimetric, and he gets to play my uh, EGC. Okay, <laughs> okay, <laughs> I like it. You have an you have an electric guitar coke. That's yeah, yeah. Cool. I was I was very fortunate. Um, basically, I I, I have a had a friend um, that basically he he did the wait list, and I said, if for whatever reason on this earth you decide that you don't want it anymore. I called dibs and the day came. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, no way. <laughs> and so, and he was, uh, the other thing is he was nice enough to take it in two payments. <laughs> nice. So, yeah, I, I own a uh, EGC Tyranny. Nice. With uh, the P90s. Get the... They are cool, man. I, I don't, do they, well, they, can you buy just replacement necks from them i've never actually looked into that yes they, they do make uh stratocaster and telecaster pocket necks. that's a that's a tempting thing i you know um, i can't get into too many of the details yet but casper and i are working on a kind of a semi-long-term project for the show yeah and so i've been looking into guitar necks recently and uh, back when i was uh, a custom guitar builder myself very 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 briefly uh, I did a custom guitar for a fellow with a carbon graphite neck. Oh, cool. Um, and I loved that neck. It's it's one of my favorite guitars I've ever played. Definitely one of the coolest ones I ever put together and and, and did. And uh, the neck came from Moses Carbon Graphite. And they made replacement guitar and bass necks for years. And you can do all sorts of cool stuff from these guys. You could get um, hollow flake sparkles inlaid in the, like covering the entire headstock and fretboard which is what i did for this customer that i had and uh, or you get the whole neck that way or they did like special custom colors or you could just get a black carbon graphite neck mm -hmm. that's fine and uh they, they were phenomenal but uh so when we when i was looking into recently looking into necks and stuff i was like you know maybe now's the time maybe now's the time i finally get myself a custom built guitar i'm spilling a little bit of the beans here but I finally do a guitar with a carbon graphite neck for myself. Mm -hmm. And so I went to go to the Moses uh, carbon graphite site, and they no longer make guitar and bass necks. They make Aww. some violin parts and some other stuff out of carbon graphite, but no more Dang. necks. So I was like, crap! 
Yeah. They stopped production of that in 2018 for whatever reason. Oh, that more, I didn't know it was that recent. Yeah, very, very recently. Mm. And uh, so I emailed them, <laughs> and they say on their website, like, we no longer blah, 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 blah. And so I emailed them, and I was like, hey, I know you guys don't do this anymore, but uh, do you by any chance know anybody who else who might be doing this? Because I yep. thought maybe they would. And they just said, <laughs> I just got a standard form letter back, like, Moses Carbon Graphite no longer makes replacement guitar or bass. And I was like, <laughs> duh. <laughs> so, so i think i'm out of luck because my yeah. internet searching has turned up nothing mm. i found one used moses carbon graphite neck for sale and the end of the fingerboard is chipped off at the 22nd frame ah. no. so if you were really really clever you could take off It'll the 22nd fret and round it out like it would look like a normal strat neck with just 21 frets which is you know traditional yeah but and the guy wants like five hundred and fifty bucks for it. It was like, no, your neck is broken. Yeah, no, <laughs> you can't charge that much. It's full price. Yeah. So, well, it's full price when they were still around. But right, anyway. I'll have to look into EGC necks. Although I cannot fathom them being less than like eight hundred dollars because they're aluminum. Mm. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're they're a fair bit. You will if you're looking into uh, aluminum necks. Also look into uh, robot graves necks. Robot uh, Graves? Yeah, you heard me right. RGI Industries. Oh, you know what? I think I have vaguely heard of that. Anyway, sorry. Okay, Robot Graves. Go on. Yeah, tell, tell me yeah, more. He, he, I don't, Alex is a good friend of mine. Um, he used to build pedals, and then he had to take some time off, and he started working on this project where he made himself an aluminum neck and then people just kept hitting him up for aluminum necks. Okay. Uh, I, I, I will say he does have a very attractive uh, three on the side head sock, or at least attractive to me. Well, I mean, that's what it's all about, right? Uh, having an attractive headstock. <laughs> like, I love... Um, they're not around anymore, so I'm going to use them. There was a company out of uh, Fort Worth, Texas for forever called Driscoll Guitars killer looking custom guitars really nice flame tops that kind of thing his headstocks were atrocious looking <laughs> and i just ruined the whole guitar for me i loved everything but i had to only look at pictures where i couldn't see the headstocks it just yeah headstocks matter man <laughs> they do they matter a lot uh, you know i had thought about uh you know and, and this is this is way out of budget for me for this project so it's probably not going to happen um, an aluminum neck, or, or even the carb, even the carbon graphite was a bit of a like, is a bit of a stretch. Um, but there's a company called Morning Star Guitars, <laughs> and this guy made it's Morning Star Glass Guitars, and he makes glass guitars, and glass guitar replacement necks. Glass, okay. Glass, you heard me a hundred percent correctly. Wow. Glass, <laughs> and I gotta admit. It's super interesting to me. No doubt. But, that sounds heavy. It sounds <laughs> well, I mean, you know, fragile. An aluminum neck would be weighty too. So, you know, if we're talking alternate neck materials, I think uh, you gotta you gotta bring it up in conversation, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> no glass. That's that's yeah, crazy. Yeah, my first thought was like, how do you not kill yourself? If you do a guitar spin or something like, yeah. 
I would be more worried about it, like taking a knock in the case or something. And like, you gotta think you're going to have metal fasteners and things and metal on glass. Oh, that's in- intriguing. Yeah. He's got a video about how he makes them. You can check out. So that's, that's yeah, interesting. Check out. Anyway, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm totally sidetracking and I'm also totally sidetracking when we're kind of way over time here. Um, <laughs> that's any conversation. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> this is, this is another cultured guitarist. Brilliant segue. Um, Alec, where do people best find you? It is Mask Audio Electronics, all one word on Instagram, or maskaudioelectronics.com. Awesome. Cool, man. Well, dude, it's been epic having you on the show. You're definitely somebody that uh, we could talk to for a a lot longer. And I always feel bad having to just kind of, like, cut everything off. (laughs) Especially. Oh, man, there is so much to cut. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I've done a little sidetrack in this episode. I'm uh, uh, sorry about that, listeners. But, um, dude, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, really, really oh, awesome. No Thanks for having me. Oh, totally a treat for us, buddy. And uh, we're super stoked to try out that pedal. And uh, we gotta, we're going to have to do another, like, pedal review power hour, I think. Yep. Because uh, we, we've got a little bit of a backlog on reviews. So... I like little, it. Well, not not a huge one, but we've got a few things that we want to do a proper review of. Or not a review, impressions of. <laughs> that's better. Give our impressions of. And uh, yeah, anyway, that, that's neither here nor there. Um, okay, so thank you so much, Alec. You're you're absolutely awesome, dude. Casper, you're stunningly mediocre, as always. Thanks, buddy. Um, thanks, everybody. That's high praise. <laughs> I love you, Casper. <laughs> thanks, Alec. I'm just kidding, Casper. I love you, buddy. You're always my boo. Um, thank you dear listeners for listening to the show have a great one